Oh, we're, we're having fun, listeners. I'm talking to Diamantis Piracos, who uh, is, uh, represents this wonderful family business, Laconico, uh, extra virgin olive oil, and other things as well. We're going to talk about all that. And we're just reminiscing about Greece and, and Greek food. And, and uh, you know, anybody who's a regular listener uh, to the show knows that I was once um, an owner of a Greek restaurant in Philadelphia. And so I'm really with this program totally. Uh, welcome to On the Menu. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, it's a pleasure uh, to be on here, and we're truly grateful for the opportunity. Well, I mean, your products are absolutely magnificent. Uh, I'm interested in the backstory as well, uh, how it's a family business. Give us a little update on how it all got started, how long it's been going, who's involved. Yes, so um, so I'm one of the producers, um, and we started our, uh, the business is run by myself and my brother. Uh, we started it in, uh, in late 2009. Wow. Uh, late 2009, uh, we're from the southern Peloponnese in Greece. Um, we've always been olive oil producers. Um, we have our own uh, farms, our own trees, um, and in late 2009, a little backstory, uh, you know, for us, uh, we came here to the States for education, to get education from our, our parents made this decision to come here to get educated, kind of punishing us away from the the olive industry. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and... Uh, but we we're constantly traveling back. We're traveling, always going back. It was always a part of us, the the lifestyle, the agricultural lifestyle, the our olive trees, the passion that we had. Um, and in late 2009, obviously, we're always constantly going back for the harvest. is always is a big part of the family, and it is something that the uh, men get to do primarily. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in late 2009, obviously my my father was getting older, and he's like, I know you're you're building careers in America. Um, what are you gonna, you know, what are we gonna do, you know? Because yeah. the man, uh, you have to de- decide. Um, so we sell everything, um, so we can all be together, and just oh. kind of. Just the idea of it in the middle of the harvest, this conversation was happening. You know, it, uh, oh it was yes, it was uh, it was almost a big transition for us, the period because you know um, it was a decision that would impact us forever. You know, we would, you know, what that lifestyle that we grew up in all of a sudden would come to an end. So the idea of always going back to Greece, possibly us tourists um we couldn't take it so me and my brother we made the decision to to get involved and to take over our family business now you Um, alternate don't you i'm sorry you alternate sometimes he's here sometimes you're here yes so we alternate now uh we lost our father in uh, in 20 uh, 2016 um he was able to experience a lot of our accomplishments, um, and uh, yes, right now it is uh, we're going back and forth. The the harvest is a big piece of my life. I would say uh, I absolutely love. It's very exhausting, uh, very tiresome. I don't know if you've ever uh, harvested olive trees. It's very difficult. <laughs> no, not hardly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very very intensive. Um, uh, we, we we harvest from the Laconicos trees. I'm sorry, you gonna har- you can come harvest. We, uh, no, no, no that, that's that's where our olives come from. Ah, yes. <laughs> we we don't we don't have any orchards. Oh. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so now we're, you know, we're continuing that tradition. We keep going back and forth um, from the maintenance of our olive groves to the harvesting, controlling the irrigation, all, all those little details. And 
and we're expanding. We put a very big emphasis on oh, our really? quality. Yes. Um, uh, our, we're planning on having our uh, our meal so we can invite all our guests that have come to know us. Oh, I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're from a beautiful part of Greece. Uh, you know, everybody goes to to Santorini and Mykonos, the nice island. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, but I always tell, if you want to experience the Greek culture, you have to go to parts where we are from, where there are agriculture farms. You get to interact oh, yeah. with the, uh, the locals and experience their cuisine. So we're, our olive groves are located in the southern tip of uh, mainland Greece, in the Peloponnese, um, right on the water. So we have a 15-kilometer beach all to ourselves. There's no, there's no, no hotels, nothing like this. You just no, see olive no. trees and then the, the beach, the Mediterranean. Oh, that's now, wonderful. Now, are you what people have christened in the blue zone, where 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 people live forever? Yeah, we we should be in the blue zone because we <laughs> we could consume a whole lot of uh, of olive oil. Yes, <laughs> a whole lot. No, no, you don't. You started out with with olive oil, and particularly with extra virgin olive oil. Correct. Um, correct. And I'm I'm not really that understanding about the chemistry of all this, but there are some really big distinctions in in the quality of your olive oil that right. have to do with health reasons. Can You're you explain right. some of that? Because I don't understand all of it. Of course, of course. So our, our production has completely changed from when we first started because our goal was to always uh, improve it. Um, mm -hmm. And this has been the, the biggest thing. And, you know, what I'm referring to when improving, you know, obviously in America, um, Everybody's looking for extra virgin olive oil. Um, and the Most reason of which is fake. <laughs> yes, a lot of it is fake. And everybody looks for extra virgin olive oil. And then when you ask them, uh, why? Why extra virgin olive oil? Because someone or they've heard that extra virgin olive oil is healthy. Uh -huh. Right? Um, well, what makes extra virgin olive oil healthy are... The, the phenolic compounds in the olive oil, uh, and it has to be processed a specific way to be able to offer an olive oil that is healthy. Mm -hmm. um, those are the antioxidants. So the reason everybody is buying it is because good olive oil is full of antioxidants. So we put a very big emphasis on, on measuring those phenolic compounds, and this is what is very unique you know, we yeah, I mean, you, you actually have scientific organizations analyzing and reporting on this. It's not just a marketing claim. It's for real. This is real, yes. And what, is, uh, and what we try to educate the consumer is that, you know, not all extra virgin olive oil is healthy. Uh, you know, er, the health aspect of an olive oil is something that, that can be measured. And right. no one displays that, mm -hmm. right? It makes it it's easier just to say, oh, extra virgin olive oil is healthy, but how healthy? Yeah. Right? There's, uh, if it's not processed right or if the, the fruit is overly mature, um, then you don't get those, those healthy oils. It is very important because the health aspect of an olive oil plays such a significant uh, role not only for our health but the longevity of the product itself. Uh, so our production has changed. We put a very big emphasis. So not only uh, is our olive oil uh, very high quality, but it is also extremely healthy. And we measure the antioxidant aspect of our olive oil, and we showcase it to our consumers that know to look for it. Uh, yeah, well, what I like about it is that the uh, our little um, microbiome um, buggies like it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's good. 
Yeah. Um, so for uh, we've been improving our production. We're uh, we're the most awarded uh, Greek olive oil in the largest international competition in the world. Ten years in a row, we just received on the olive oils that you have in front of you uh, three gold awards on all of them for wow. their quality. Uh, the only Greek company ten years in a row being recognized. Um, we have a lot of gold awards for the phenolic compounds, the health, the antioxidants in the olive oil. Uh, so the, it's very important for us when we're harvesting, you know, to offer something of value, something that is, is the, you know, the reason the consumer is buying is for the health. So we want to make sure that we offer them as much health as we can. You focus on a variety of things. One that surprised me the most, I guess, was the importance of getting the fruit from the trees to the mill. Very in, important. In, in as few hours as possible. Correct. Because, because that, that, that impacts how, how, how well the olive oil yes. is going to do. Tell us a little more about that. Yes. So the why uh, obviously the the process on a, producing a very good healthy olive oil obviously the the condition of the fruit is critical, right? Nobody ever talks about this. What it's going to determine if an olive oil is good is the quality of the fruit. Um, so antioxidants in an olive oil for us, what we do is obviously the fruit has to be extremely healthy. We pick very early in the season. Uh, we're the first producer harvesting. Yeah, see, I didn't understand that that was something that should be done. Nobody's ever mentioned that to me before. Yes, yes, this is very important. Now, why don't producers harvest very early? Or the I ones don't that know. do. The reason they don't is because young fruit, green fruit, has very little oil. Um, well, but you know, you mentioned yeah. the color. That's one of the things that I always uh, loved about Greek olive oil is the color of it. So I have to be—I have to say something about the color since you brought it up. Uh, so color, yes, obviously, if it is nice color, it's very appealing to the eye. But for the when it comes to quality, because mm -hmm. there's different olive varietals out there color does not really play a role in the quality of the oil. Mm -hmm. There's some oils, uh, different varietals uh, from our, uh, I don't want to take away credit from other producers that may have a varietal that produces a more yellow oil. doesn't mean that it, the olive oil is yeah. Well, of course, it depends on what kind of olives do you grow. Yes, correct. The varietal Greek plays ones, a big Greek role. Greek ones, I know. I know yeah, what so, Greek yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we have uh, the Koroneki varietal. We have the Koroneki, so this is where we get our Laconico extra virgin olive oil and our Olio Nuovo. Um, and then the Zoe is made from the Calamon varietal, so two different varietals. Yeah, now the Zoe you seem to be pr promoting especially. Why is that? The Zoe, because this is made from very, very, very unripe uh, green Calamon olives. Um, it is what is very unique with the Zoe is uh, a specific phenolic compound that is very important. So scientific studies have. Um, that are being done right now is on a phenolic compound found in olive oil called oleocanthal. Uh, and the zoe from that specific varietal, the calamon, has a very high concentration of oleocanthal. Oleocanthal it acts as ibuprofen. Uh, it is anti-inflammatory. Yeah, you said that. That seems bizarre. That yes. It's exactly what I need for, for me, but uh, nobody ever talks about any of these things. Yes, yes, yes. So the, but you know, the this is what makes olive oil healthy, and obviously, though these type of oils that that we produce, they have a very distinct profile. It's not the supermarket olive oil. Um, 
good healthy olive oil tend to be you'll taste you can learn so much about a good olive oil just by the aroma um, a good olive oil is going to have you're going to have a lot of green green fruit green grass um, it's an indication that the fruit was harvested early this is all very important before you even put it in your mouth um, and then obviously there's a sensation that you're going to feel and healthy oils there's tend to be pungency and bitterness in the oil yeah that's characteristic of, of, of Greek olive oil isn't it yeah especially pronounced in your olive oil it's very pronounced in our olive oil so yes those oils because if you ever I tell you know people that have grabbed an olive off it an olive tree and they put it in their mouth like oh man, it's so bitter I'm like yes so you know why do you would you expect the olive oil to be any different because you're tasting <laughs> the juice of you, you're tasting the juice of the fruit. Uh, as the fruit matures and you grab an olive off the tree and you bite into it, it has mellowed out a lot. So you do lose the pepperiness in the oil and the antioxidants they drop. I see. Yes. Yeah, so for for us, uh, we focus on an early harvest production. That means we we sacrifice a lot of our production to offer a higher quality and a healthier olive oil. Okay. And this is the, the most important thing for us. Now, you do a lot more than, than your original extra virgin olive yeah. oil. Um, when did you start diversifying? And tell us about all your products. Okay, so we have, uh, obviously, our pride, we put our emphasis is on producing the, the healthiest, extra virgin olive oil possible uh, and then and it's delicious listeners you have to yeah. you taste it you notice the difference yes and good olive oil is very clean in the mouth yes you, it's never oily oiliness and greasiness it's an indication of rancidity of the olive oil is going right bad. exactly it should be very clean in the mouth um, uh, you will feel a pepperiness the zoe especially you'll feel a very strong spicy finish those are the the high concentration of oleocanthal it has um, but going back to your question uh, we started with just our coronaki uh, our laconico extra virgin olive oil mm-hmm. and then slowly over time you know we won the respect of a a lot of the accounts that we are servicing and we're honored to be part of their family and to provide our olive oil to and because they like that so much like oh do you have do you have a flavored olive oil do you have this so we put we expanded from our original coroneki into other flavored oils that we we also yeah see i i told you before that i have always been opposed anti flavored olive oils but i was so surprised i tried your um a clementine flavored olive oil and it was wonderful absolutely wonderful and i mean i i ordinarily would not even touch a flavored olive oil I know, but you notice that this is very unique and very clean. It's very clean. It's you, not, uh, yeah. If that's it, it's clean. It's yeah. beautiful. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, so, so oh, yeah. Go, no, go, go ahead. Come back. Come back to me when you're done with this thought, because I have a different uh, thought. Okay. So the so we expanded into the the flavored oils, and obviously, same thing for us. It was always very important. You know, uh, the demand for extra virgin olive oil is very high, and then obviously we had a lot of customers that were very big with the flavored oils. So we wanted to offer something that's extremely healthy again. Yeah. So we use our, our award-winning Koroneki extra virgin olive oil as the, um, as the base to all of them. So the Clementine specifically, we use our Koroneki olives uh, crushed together with our Clementine uh, oranges that we have in our neighboring farms. Wow. And we crush them together and we get this amazing clementine flavored wow. olive oil. 
So it's made, it's all made from very healthy green fruit, so a very high concentration of antioxidants. Um, So that's why even when you try the the clementine, you feel a strong pepper finish. This is important because the shelf life of the oil is going to be much higher. Um, And I'm very happy that we're, we're doing this because I feel this is an opportunity to educate a little bit the public um, because it's how, just to kind of emphasize how important it is to find an olive oil that you know how fresh it is and you know when it was harvested um, because bottling regulations here in the United States and I'm sure other parts of the world, they don't, you know, they say you'll notice a two-year expiration date on a bottle. Mm-hmm. And it, I feel that this is so wrong because if you don't disclose the health aspect of the olive oil, the antioxidants, most olive oils don't have a two-year shelf life. <laughs> they don't last that long. I'm sorry, right. yes. If, if they have a lower concentration of, uh, of antioxidants, the olive oil will be bad before the two-year expiration date. So I always try to educate to look for the harvest date. It tells you how f- how recent the harvest was. And right. never buy an olive oil that doesn't have a harvest date on it. Now, he, now he, he was one, here's was what I wanted to, yeah. to ask you about. So, somewhere or other in, in the material that you sent was something about your olive trees were growing right next to the sea. Yeah. And that, see, that seemed somewhat counterintuitive because Surely, by that happening, you're introducing a lot of saline elements into the olive oil. So, so I was puzzled. I was puzzled about. So this is so one thing, one aspect of our olive growers because they are grown right on the right on the coast. So our soil is, is sand. There's not much nutrients in the soil. Um, uh-huh. Everything kind of drains away. So. The last six years, we've been practicing on regenerative farming to fix the top layer. Um, there's plus and minuses. Yes, there's plus and minuses on everything. So, the high concentration of antioxidants that we get is is one of the reasons because of our soil composition. Mm-hmm. There's because there's no nutrients, and even the irrigation that we do, if it is not controlled. The water, there's com- water runoff completely. It just completely drains. This is a reason why we get such a high concentration of antioxidants in our olive oil. When, uh, mm-hmm. It's just like wine. When you stress the tree, it produces almost uh, stronger offspring in yeah, order to survive. Right. Uh, if you, can, you can harvest green fruit, but if the, uh, if the soil is overly irrigated, it will mellow out. You might get green notes and green aromas in the in the in the nose, but the oil might be very mellow. So, it's just harvesting early doesn't mean you're going to have a high concentration of antioxidants. So, so the soil is very important to us. Um, obviously, it is very challenging because uh, it is grown. Their trees are grown in in the sand. Uh, so we're always trying to put a lot of organic matter to kind of help the top layer to to help uh-huh. the, the tree. Yes. All right. Yes, and yes, the, yes. The, when did you start adding vinegars? I mean, you so seem the, so um, intensely focused on olives. When did yeah. you start adding vinegars? Well, it's so funny because our production, we're a small producer. Um, so we know we're eventually going to run out of olive oil. So since we, we wanted to expand our product line, and obviously it pairs olive, everybody uses extra virgin olive oil typically with with some type of vinegar, mm-hmm. just like we do back home, wine vinegar, um, balsamic vinegar. So it is, it is a beautiful marriage together. So those two products work great together so a great opportunity for us to uh, to expand into that 
and again, that happened because our accounts were asking us. They're like, we trust you guys. We know who you offer, and you know we didn't want to disappoint them. So we we were working with a very small producer out of Modena, Italy. Um, oh, Modena, yeah. Yes. So but to make I to love Modena too. Yes, I, my brother went. He had a beautiful time over there. Um, and we found a small producer that was, uh, we said, we have this high-end, extra virgin olive oil. We need the best from Modena. Um, and we found one small producer, that, like, and it was a perfect marriage. Right. Well, you, you'd found it in Modena, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, so, and then you have a, a scent you received, our strawberry pure vino. So this is a Greek inspiration. Um this is unlike balsamic vinegar that's an aged product uh the strawberry pure vino that you have is made from greek dry wine vinegar which is more common to our greek cuisine uh-huh. um and we wanted to make something very unique um and we use raw strawberries that we crush oh really into the vinegar. so yes peter so likes that he likes yeah, that a lot. <laughs> yeah, 100 natural. There's no uh, no preservatives, no uh, no colorants, nothing. It's no sugar added, added whatsoever. I had a little. I had a little bit of sparkling water. <laughs> and actually, the other reason I I gave it to you is because our olive oil is very peppery. Uh, this is the perfect way to kind of balance the oil. Yeah. So you well, I mean, I, I kind of always like the peppery quality of oh, Greek good, olive oil good, in general. Oh, good, 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 good. I mean, that's maybe cultivated taste, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, t- tell us, tell us how, tell us how your oils get to the United States and the rest of the world, and maybe, maybe even Greece for that matter. I mean, you, 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 you are a fairly long way away from. At least we from are. Europe. We are. So, what is very important for us? So, uh, we is immediately after we finish the harvest. Obviously, every day for close to 45 days. We're harvesting uh, with a crew of 15 people. We're harvesting every day. Um, olive oil, uh, we have our own tank. Once we're done with the harvest, I package it and we ship our olive oil here during the winter, immediately okay. after the harvest. So our harvest starts in in October. Okay. In October. And by end of November, we'd like to be finished by end uh-huh. of November with the harvest. Um so once I'm done, I ship our olive oil out, um, and it arrives here. We don't ship our olive oil during the summer months. Um, well, we ruined Warm water will, de- will degrade the olive oil, and we have yeah, our facility exactly. in Virginia. Yes, we have our facility temperature controlled uh, to preserve those antioxidants, because an olive oil can lose over 50% of its antioxidant if it's not stored properly. Sure, sure. So you're warehousing in the United States. I'm sorry. So you're 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 warehousing in the United States. Yes, yes, correct. To have it closer, yes. To have it closer to our customers, this is the most important thing. Got it. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the closer you you are to the uh, fresh olive oil, um, rather than oh, you if if it was housed in Greece right now and then. By the time you have it during the summer, it would definitely 100% degrade the quality of the oil. Hey, you know, yeah. you have all of our listeners drooling at this point, uh, and I, you need to tell them how to get it. How do you get uh, this product? So we have a, a list of, you know, we're not, People always ask, uh, "Are you in supermarkets?" So we're not in in any supermarkets. Uh, our production is very limited, so we are though in a couple of accounts throughout the United States, uh, gourmet markets that are looking for high quality olive oils that someone is able to f- find our product. Um, and we do have a list of those accounts on our website, which um, is. Laconico.com, L-A-C-O-N-I-K-O.com. That's great. Yes, and uh, obviously if uh, one of our accounts doesn't have everything, 
we have it available on uh, on our website as well. Well, you're wonderful. Your products are wonderful. I can't wait for you to get ready to have visitors. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Sign We're us up. We are truly grateful. I would love to invite you. We have a facility here in Virginia. I would love to. Uh, we'll be moving into a larger facility really soon, and I would love to have you visit us. Well, that's possible. That's especially, possible. especially in uh, in Greece, you are always invited. Twist my arm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you can, and you. It's different me telling you and. The, the experience it's different you living it right if you're living oh, it oh I don't know I agree the, the, I only have one problem I mean guys I, I look very Greek yes and, <laughs> and, and, and if I practice my accent I have maybe like three sentences but I would say them so well then people would start speaking Greek to me so I wouldn't understand <laughs> Oh yes, you have yeah, if you if you, you if you, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So basically yes. I was reduced to that five years so Oh, it's been so much fun talking to you and, and, and I'm so happy that, that you have this wonderful product that I hope our listeners really seek it out because it's very, very special. And uh, I wouldn't be raving uh, about it if I didn't think it was so special. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. We're truly grateful. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, Diamantes, thank you. And I hope you enjoy it. Oh, it's it's wonderful stuff. Again, listeners, seek out Laconico. And you can get Balsamico as well. Yes. Um, and also flavored oil and the extra virgin is to die for. Uh, thank you so much, Dave. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Ciao. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Oh, I'm. I can't tell you, Susan Gravely. Is it Gravely or Gravely? It's Gravely. You Gravely. Um, uh, you are the founder of Vietri, which is um, a ceramics company, a very wonderful ceramics company. Um, and there's so many things to, to talk to you about. The Italy on a plate touches all kinds of of different sensors here. I mean, <laughs> the food, the, the people, um, your wonderful products are showcased beautifully throughout the book. Um, Thank and, you. Thank and, you. And I was starting to tell you that it, it, it was just amazing for me to read it because I've been a long-time traveler in Italy, and I went to school many years ago at the University of Florence, and oh. I've been tra- trying to remember the name of the family that we stayed with because um, I, I stayed with the family of one of my uh, university art history professors. Wow. And it was, you, it, it was on one of those hills exiting, um, let's see, I guess I started at the Piazza San Marco and went uh, towards Fiesole. And it was directly across from um, a a, a property called La Pietra. Oh, yeah. yeah it, I know it, exactly it, where you are. Yeah. Yeah, it was a 15th wow. century um, uh, at, at Palazzo, 15th century Palazzo. And it, it was absolutely incredible. I never wanted to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't. It is mesmerizing. You can see why students just cry when they leave and they've, you know, been there already six months, but it is magical for sure. Oh, yeah. So um, the only thing that, that, that I must say that um, Grappa has improved enormously since we lived there. <laughs> good, good. It Are was like gasoline. Did you, drink it? Did you drink it as Grappa Car- Cafe Corretto? Where in the north um, they put it in their coffee every year. Yeah, morning. right. Yeah. Well, you know, of course, the, the 
uh, I can't remember the the family name, unfortunately, but anyhow, they didn't believe Sicily was even in Italy or that Sicily was Italian. <laughs> well, but, luckily, luckily that's changed, right? Yeah. But you oh. really, yeah, I mean, it's so different now. Everything's different now. And we've been going um, because of the podcast and and. and talking to winemakers and restaurateurs mm. and so mm-hmm. forth mm-hmm. every year until the pandemic hit. So, um, But the thing about this book is it's a perfect showcase for yeah. your ceramics, which are gorgeous. Um, Thank you. It, that's a whole other story. But that really is the, it's what sets the book off, isn't it? I think so. I think that being able to talk about families that made the ceramics or had a huge impact on me for other reasons really made a difference, made a difference. Oh, sure. Once you have connections there, you're, you're, you're embraced right into the culture, and, and that's it. I mean, you can't ever get out of it. <laughs> I just love it so much. So, but you true. You know, you were also great friends with um, with uh, um, the, the Tuscan under the Tuscan Sun, and that was a, that was an amazing story because I can just see trying to get any kind of renovation done, in Italy, you know. But oh, um, yes. So tell us just a little bit of this backstory about you were Southern which people must have already picked up on. <laughs> right, uh, right. Yeah, and and tell us a little about your backstory and how you ended up in Italy and owning one of the, the most spectacular um, ceramic companies in, in in the United States. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting story. I grew up in eastern North Carolina in a small town called Rocky Mount. And when I was a child, it was, you know, 40,000 to 50,000 people. But it was a tobacco town, and it was a cotton town. And my family was involved in cotton and tobacco, but my father's side was tobacco. So we had lots of foreigners in their home. And we had a globe, and Daddy would show different places in the world, and he'd say, look how small the world is. You're only a plane ticket or a phone call away. So we all four of the children, we had this perception of a smaller world, and we had the luxury and and excitement of having people come from all over, and we got to serve the tray of cigarettes, depending upon which burly tobacco they were tasting, (laughs) or serve the drinks, and we could sit if we did not speak and listen to their conversation. That's wonderful. We also were invited to have dinner with them. So setting the table with Mama, depending upon the season, and putting flowers on the table and using the different color placemats and napkins and dinnerware was part of my upbringing and something I loved. So that was kind of the early years. Then my uh, father, during those years, would go and be gone three months, and maybe every couple of years my mother would visit and uh, him. And then the older we got, the more we were allowed to visit friends whose parents were living in South America or go with my grandmother somewhere else. But Italy did not become a part of my life until two years after Daddy had sold his tobacco company to an American company, and he had gone down to Georgia to introduce the Italian conglomerate. Uh, Tobacco is owned by the state. And he came home and felt terrible and sadly had a heart attack at age 60. Oh, no. So he died, and he and Mama had planned this fabulous trip to Italy. So two years later, I was in New York working, and my sister was having her second baby, and my brothers were not invited. 
And Mama called us and invited us to take the trip she and Daddy had planned. So that was the beginning of this love affair with Italy. We stayed at Il San Pietro, this magnificent hotel built in the mountain of the Amalfi Coast. We've been there. We went, oh, wasn't it fabulous, Pete? Yeah, we ate there. It's in Cusicano. Yeah. So you can imagine being a young girl and coming down that rocky uh, elevator and entering a room with all the fab, all the white cloth um, furniture and the sea, and then going into the dining room where there were apricot tablecloths and all those mixed colors of ceramic that we said we need to go and buy some ceramic. <laughs> so that's how it started. And three days after, we were having drinks with a couple we met from New York who sound more like like you, Pete, and they <laughs> said you should not you shouldn't open a retail store you should design and distribute because you clearly have an eye and you love entertaining and being around the table and eating and we said i think it's a great idea and off we went to learn what the heck that meant and how to do it and that was 40 years ago you know i think about falling in love with italian ceramics i still have a cup, because the first time um, I traveled, uh, I told you I went to school at, in uh, Florence and the, at the university, um, and mm. and and um, and traveled th- throughout Italy. And I I was on um, off the coast of Naples um, in a, a little place called Ischia Ponte, and oh um, yeah, yeah, and and they had these wonderful ceramics, and and I got I bought a suitcase and filled. <laughs> suitcase with the ceramics and I I still have the dummy test cups but I have one major coffee mug left that I have my coffee in every morning so I've been thinking since getting your book I'm thinking of you every morning over coffee (laughs) oh thank you well I do the same thing I still use the first dinnerware pattern Campania and the first pieces that we brought in 40 years ago and yeah. I love it more than anything. It evokes all those memories that you have with your mug, and I completely understand. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, I mean, I, I was a little amazed that you were able to um, put together, especially your, your Italian wasn't very good, how you were able to put together a, a startup business like this. Well... Um, my sister and I have always been very curious about things. So we kind of looked at it as two ends of the spectrum. We had, by chance, when we flew over from Raleigh-Durham to New York, New York to Rome, on the long trek from New York to Rome, my sister Frances went up to business class to use the ladies' room. Those were the years you could do that. And she was waiting in line and started talking to this lovely Italian gentleman who was taken by a mother and two daughters traveling. He came back to where we were, and by the end of the conversation, he gave us his card and said, if you need anything in Florence, here's my card. Here are some restaurants to try in Rome. Well, we tried the restaurants in Rome. They were divine. We went to the Amalfi Coast. And as Southern ladies would never have called this man, but the first day (laughs) my mother's pocketbook was stolen. That was, you know, serendipitous as well. And those were the days of um, traveler's checks and cash. Remember? No credit card. I remember, yeah. And after we had spent about an hour in the police station with their poor Italian my mother said, remember that nice man, we need to call him tomorrow. We called him. He was home. He rescued us. He helped us get pictures and new passports and said to my mother, now, Ms. Gravely, what would you like to do now that we've gotten that? And she said, I want to see the leaning tower of Pisa. <laughs> so off we went. And 
during that time, we told him about these plates. He took us to meet a friend of his, Tita Bozio, who's the first chapter of the book. And she worked for Macy's, and she said, the plates are beautiful, the idea is wonderful, but they are the worst factory in all of Italy to work with, and they'll be impossible. And after that, Francis and I thought, well, let's give it a try. So Fabio, the gentleman on the plane, became our agent for eight years. And when I would come over, he and I would drive around and find new factories. On the American side, we spoke to other people we knew who did import and export, and we found out about freight borders and warehousing and then a funny story about distribution. And we just took it one step at a time and worked from the beginning of both ends of the business, and we kept building this business. It's quite amazing when I think about it, but we had oh, no idea what we were doing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the ceramics are just gorgeous. I'm in love with this, yeah. this plate with the little colorful fishies on it. <laughs> oh, that is Pesce Colorado. That is created by some people outside of Florence. And that pattern was a pattern that we wanted to do a new fish pattern. We wanted it more colorful, but we wanted the white space to be important. But we wanted it fun to be able to mix and match with solid dinnerware. And that has been a huge success. What's well, one charming, absolutely charming. Um, oh. talk, talk to us a little bit about... Um, how you've organized this book. I mean, you're, you're, you're blending um, people, personalities, um, uh, food, uh, recipes, um, culture, uh, <laughs> everything, which is a major feat. It is. And, you know, it, it was, Anne, but it also was so easy because all of those descriptive words you just used are all part of being in Italy for so many years. I had been asked many times of the years to write a book, write a book because you've had so many adventures. And it wasn't until a, um, about a year now, about a year and a half ago, that my young fabulous team was thinking about our 40th anniversary and said, will you write this book we've been talking about? So Mm -hmm. I sat down and started thinking about the people and places that had had the largest impact on our lives for 40 years of a company. And I made that outline and put them in an order and realized that they were representing different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, what made that time special was not only designing and talking color and nature, but it was eating. So I went by or called each of them and told them about this book idea and said I would like to write about them and then let them read it. And I'd also love for them to think about family recipes that we'd either eaten together or were favorites of their family. And so I wrote the chapters. A young girl who has known me all, she's like a godchild, who's known me all my life, edited it, cleaned it up, helped it flow, and then We went back to Italy and hired these two wonderful young girls and a stylist, and we went to each of these places and took all these pictures. And then, during that time, talked about all the recipes. And that was, well, we had talked about the recipes the trip before, and they sent recipes, we talked about them, and then... Uh, translated a lot of them, and this book just kept coming into its own life of 
like you said, of travel, of um, memories, of course, and then of menus. So there you go. That's how it happened. Well, you you understood or you understand uh, the essence of Italian cuisine. Simple, but the best ingredients and the best possible presentation. Yeah. That's so it. You, you, Everything you, is simple. Yes. Well, that's that's how they eat. <laughs> that's true. how they eat, and that's right. And you know, I, I, I've had you know people and here say, "Oh gosh, it's so easy." And I said, "Italians always use those five major things, which are olive oil, garlic." little salt, fresh tomatoes, and then something else that's in season, whether it's, you know, pasta or it's herbs or vegetables. And and they eat lightly and they eat cleanly and they eat one thing on a plate. And they don't eat huge, huge amounts except, of course, oh, that's, their pasta. that's the most amazing thing. I mean, if you've read it, yeah. these articles comparing the, the size of, of portions in the U.S. compared to, <laughs> to France or exactly. Italy, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there are certain things that just sort of stick with you if you've been raised on Italian food. I mean, last night we had some dinner guests and and someone has sent a lot of baby uh, potatoes. Um, oh. uh, yeah, Melissa's. You probably know Melissa's produce, but anyhow. Um, oh. So I, I, I decided to roast them with olive oil, garlic, and rosemary. There you are. Uh, yeah, there but you I are. added then a little, just a little bit. I had some preserved lemon juice that I added onto See? it from. That's yeah. perfect. It, it was isn't, it was wonderful, really. Isn't it amazing? And that lemon was the other one. Isn't it amazing what a little bit of lemon juice does? Uh huh. Oh, it's amazing. Of course, I there was a book we interviewed the author about always add lemon. Did, did you ever see that one? Oh but I'm, yes, I'm a firm believer. I, yes, because it brightens up everything. Everything, right? yeah. Yes. Now, well, I um, wanted. To, go ahead. What? Is it? Yes. Uh, You said what? Is is it what? Oh, I was just going to tell you that there's a talking about uh, where you added that fresh herb. Frances Mays has a recipe for a cookie that I had never even thought about, which was an orange shortbread cookie. Oh, yes. I'm going to find the page of it. And it you, has... You have it. Yes, and it has a little bit... There it is. Hold on. It has a little bit of sage in it. Yes. And that sage does, with that orange, which is kind of like a lemon, makes that cookie so divine and it's so easy. Because she also believes in the same way of cooking that that you and I are talking about, but it's also not only lemon, but it's also adding some herb, knowing your herbs that make such a difference. Right. Um, the the characters that you focus on are <laughs> yeah. so real. They're so real, <laughs> and, and and I just loved it. I mean, that's the kind of thing that, that we always remember from our trips as the people that we meet. Yes. Oh, just so, tell, so tell us a couple. Like um, and this woman that, you, that helped you start out was wonderful. Tita. Yes. Tita, the first one. Tita what is... Uh, She's wonderful. She looks wonderful. She sounds wonderful. Oh. She is... Tita um, comes from an old... Uh, Tuscan family. She um, the the villa that's behind her was her family villa, and now, like most villas, they're broken up into different apartments. And she has the top floor. And she always loved antiques, and started the, a small antique market where she had beautiful things. I have a painting that I've always had from hers, and she also. 
opened the smallest little shop in all of Florence. And there she would have um, heirloom uh, uh, jewelry. Jewelry, yeah. Near the Ponte Vecchio, which is what they have. That's right, right off the Ponte Vecchio. Yeah. And she did most of her things with her uh, sister-in-law, Sylvia. With time, she would also go to all of the markets she would be buying and selling things always. And on top of that, she loved crafts. So she stenciled all of the floors in her beautiful villa. Oh, I saw that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Right. She now has Parkinson's, and she is one of my great idols because she has found out about a spa that focuses on Parkinson's. She's still moving around, doing everything, and has this joyousness about her. So uh, she is, she's one of the – she's also very humble. She loves people. She loves to still learn about people. She still cooks. And, um, you know, when you get to Florence and I call her, it's, oh, I'm so glad you're back. And, uh-huh. you know, I come up and we just eat lightly and easily. So it's a, it's a lovely friendship. Yeah, well, you've made really good friends over the years in, in Italy. And um, the, 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 the warmth of Italians, I mean, some people mm. um, don't, catch that but you, you you're not just readily invited into their homes no but not. once you work once you establish that wonderful relationship with them um then then you can appreciate the kind of warmth they have in hospitality i think this is typical of the italians um yes the, and that's exactly right some of the uh, recipes, um, all the recipes, as I said, they're simple, but some of them are classics. Um, and, right. Yeah, if people want to know really, like, what, what they eat, <laughs> in, say, in, in, um, in uh, well, like Tuscany is a good example. Um, like the Rivoletta is, I think, one of the... <sighs> Italian Tuscan bread soup is one of the treasures of Italy. So you have recipes for that. You have recipes for um, stuffed squid, which you know most people don't put in their books. Um, it, yeah, I mean it must have been hard to pick what recipes you were going to use. It was hard, but on the other side, what happened was when we started talking about things that they truly ate all the time, everything became indigenous to that part of the world, which also was so lovely because, of course, the octopus was on the, the coast. The mm-hmm. pesce alla l'acqua pazza. Yeah, crazy water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that I've had, and I'm sure you've had over and over, and it is so simple and so delicious, the ribolita. Typical Tuscan bread suit, yeah. and where you know where we call it, um, where we call it kale. Sometimes they have something that tastes more like turnip greens, which is very southern in it. But uh-huh. um, that's true. You know, we have two recipes for mozzarella and pomodori, and one of them they always include olives, which is not the classic classic American mozzarella, pomodoro, and basil, but that addition of the olives are so delicious. So I enjoyed having everyone kind of say, no, no, you must, you have pomodoro and mozzarella, but you do not have it with olives. And I go, you're right. So (laughs) off we go. Yeah. Well, you must have had fun with this book too. Oh, had so much fun. Yeah. And, and so much fun with talking to them about what they love to eat and how important it is. Uh-huh. The, um, yeah, the, uh, uh, standing out in my mind, uh, you're, uh, the uh, mixed mushroom soup it looks absolutely beyond belief. I make that uh-huh. without, without the cream, actually. Um, I use 
strangely enough, an old Vincent Price recipe where instead of cream, he just puts in some um, sweet vermouth, a couple tablespoons, and that Yum. makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> all the difference in the world. Oh, my gracious. I'm going to try that. Yes. That's good. Well, I mean, I think that anybody who wants to, to really experience the, the culture of Italy and the character of Italy would do so well with this to check out this book. Uh, listeners, it's, it, it, check out also, I mean, the book itself, it's Susan Gravely, and it's Italy on a Plate, Travels, Memories, and Menus. It also presents her fabulous ceramic line, Vietri, which is named after the town where you first uh, explored these, right? That's right, the Asian yeah. Somari, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I've picked out things that I would like to go out and buy. How hard is it to get these? Uh, it's not hard at all. You know, you can go to com. It has a reference to all the different uh, stores where we sell, and almost all of our stores have abilities to ship, and we ship all over the country and in and, and, and other countries, so it's, it's easy to buy the tree. Well, I, I find this book a total joy, and listeners, I oh. think you will too. And it was wonderful meeting you, uh, Susan, and uh, keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Anne, and give my best to T, and I just appreciate you having me on, on the menu. Well, it was a delight for us, and I really found a great deal of pleasure in your book. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.